I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm Shell Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today we have James P. Nettles, who is the author of Business Essentials for Writers. And in case that title didn't tip you off, we're going to talk about the business of writing, everyone's favorite topic. James, welcome to the show. Well, guys, thanks very much for having me on. Thanks for being here. So what got you into writing uh, about business plans? Did you start out as a writer and realize you needed to learn all the things and decided to share that with others? Or where did you go? <laughs> no, I probably started the other direction. Uh, okay. My mother was an English teacher, and I grew up in small business and politics. And I've taught entrepreneurial classes. I've written a lot of entrepreneurial articles, publications, things like that for years. I won't talk about how many years, but long enough. So I actually got my writing start in media and nonfic and white papers and all that kind of good stuff. And I, I've had fits and starts with, a, you know, in the good old days of writing fiction and things like that. And about seven years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine that's a writer that a lot of people would know. And she looked at me and said, you're one of those weird business techie people, right? And I said, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask a question? I said, sure. And she says, and she asked it, and I went and outlined a nice big answer for it. And she looked at me, cocked her head to the side in the nice, deepest southern draw, looked and said, that sounded so very important. I have no idea what the hell you just said. And, and it sounds better when it's southern. <laughs> it, yeah, very. And so I was doing a lot of entrepreneurial articles and things at the time. And I started a website called The Writer's Mind. And I started just, if I had to answer it for one, I just started writing collections of articles. It was like, somebody asks something, I'd send them over there. I'd answer it once, write it up and, and let it go. And I was at a convention and sitting down and, and was sitting at the bar with Ben Bova. And he says, he, he'd been looking at it. He was like, so when are you going to turn this into a book? I said, well, funny you mentioned that. And I had been drafting it for a while and it went through a number of revisions. And thankfully I have a lot of friends in the business. What I thought was, here's basics. They were like, no, no, we're going to keep knocking it down to here. And with the help of some friends, we hammered it down to really a very solid. It's based on the, the five principles of business. About 80% of it is the exact same thing I'm going to teach, whether you're coming to talk to me about publishing, you're coming to me to talk to me about uh, starting a software company, you're starting, you know, buying a franchise, whatever it is. It's about 80% it's the same. And about 20% is very industry specific, but a lot of it's also tuned very much towards the industry and language of the industry and creativity. So that that's how this book came about. And right now I'm working on two and three. There's going to be a series of them, but also working on a series of workshops that go with all of them as well. A number of them are already out there and available. And we'll be back up very shortly when we finish moving platforms. So that all sounds kind of overwhelming to someone just starting out in writing. That's, I mean, that's, that's a lot, but it, writing is a business. So there is a lot to know, but what do you think someone should start with? Here's the, the couple of things that period, if somebody comes and asks me a question, the first thing is have an idea of where you want to go. I mean, the fundamentals of any business are actually pretty simple. You know, most everybody looks at, and I have this conversation all the time. Somebody's like, well, I'm a writer. I just want to write. I want to put button seat and do this. But if you're going to do it and try to make a living at it, if you don't treat it like a business, it's not going to work. You might get lucky, 
But fundamentally, for most people that are slogging it through, take the attitude of being a business owner and know when it's time to be creative and know when it's time to put on the hat and be the CEO. And that's the hardest part for anybody. But I mean, especially for people in a creative industry, that idea of I now have to look at my baby and the thing I've, you know, blood, sweat, tears, late hours, I've got it. It's in my hands. It's ready to go. And now you're telling me I have to treat it like a product. I have to be a little bit dispassionate as I look at how do I market it? How do I treat it? But that's really kind of the key to it is knowing when it's time to be that creative person and embrace it and build it. And then when it's time to put on the other hat and say, okay, it's time to really go do business. So it sounds like what you're saying as the starting point is set yourself a goal, like figure out what you want to get out of this author business that you're building. Mm -hmm. Every plan starts with the idea of what do I want to come from it? If I don't know where I want to go, I'm not going to go there. If I don't have an idea, you know, if my goal is I just want to sell a hundred copies, great. Mm -hmm. Make that as a goal. If your goal is I want to supplement my income a thousand bucks a month or 500 a month or a hundred dollars a month, whatever it is, set that goal and say, okay, this is where I want to start. But know that that, you know, you're always revising that because you always want to be challenging yourself and growing it. But if you don't go and say, this is what I want to come out of it. You know, I sometimes that goal is as simple as I want to have this book in my hands and it's my family legacy. I want to say I've done a book. If that's your objective, then that's just as valid. It doesn't have to be about money. But since we're talking about business, every business is there to generate revenues out of creating something, an idea or something along those lines. And so when we're talking about money, you have to understand how it feeds the engine. A lot of people get hung up in the idea of money. And this is very true, not only in art, in the arts, I've had to deal with this with people in healthcare in, in I've dealt with this with attorneys, a lot of different people out there. And it's just this, well, this is easy. This is simple, or I don't value it. Well, The truth of it is this, if you're not willing to set a good fair price for the work you've done, which then also lets you, and let's go with the idea of indies. If you can't set a good fair price, how do you, how are you paying your editors? How are you paying your cover artists? What are you doing to keep pouring marketing money in there? And one of the things that has been very painful for us is that so many people have now gotten tuned to the idea of, oh, well, I just need to give it away for free, or I'm just going to charge 99 cents. You know, I see that so often and I'm like, how are you surviving or where, what are you getting from that? <laughs> and so we've taught readers not to value this work. And then that then feeds back to us when we go charge something that's a market price so that we can pay all those people and make some money at it, you know, and then people want to make you feel guilty about it. And, you know, we, I won't even go on the rants about piracy and stuff like that. That's for the intellectual property conversation at some point. But that's really the biggest thing people have to get over is the idea that money's not evil. It's a tool. Once you're able to pay your bills, it is just a tool that gives you options. Those options could be, you know, get a better house, get a better car, take a vacation. It could be, I'm going to go stack up my 2B red pile. 
It could be buy that new laptop. It can be whatever it is. That's your choice. Money is just a tool, but there's nothing wrong with making money. It's and how you elect to use it then later is entirely up to you. And that's one of the big things I write about in the book. It's not just all about the mechanics. About 20% of the book looks at the idea of mindset. You know, how to approach the work, how to approach planning, how to approach money itself. Because a lot of the time, the way we view money controls the way we act. And when it controls the way we act, it then really has an impact on everything else that we do. And if you're struggling about money, and one of the things I've written about a lot over the years, I call the starving artist lie. It's that lie we tell ourselves, if I'm not struggling, then I can't be a creative. No, if, if you are working yourself to death just to cover the basics, that struggle gives you experience, but it doesn't give you the energy to be as fully creative as you can possibly be. Right. I just don't know what value they're... I don't know what value these people are getting out of their 99 cent books. And they're like, well, I'll just keep churning more and more out. And I'm like, but are you giving them quality then? Or just keep churning out to get the 99 cents? I mean, I'm not sure it's the, the best marketing strategy. <laughs> I, I will tell you one of the things that I did at the beginning of the pandemic, because I was more about wanting to get this book released because it came out, the, the, this version of it came out in basically January of 2020 and it was doing pretty well. But when the pandemic hit and the number of friends I have that are in the business, I knocked it down. I knocked the ebook down to 99 cents because I took the aspect of, I would rather people get the information and get some value out of that. than I'm worried about the, the revenues it would generate me at the time. Well, and that comes back to your goal and vision, right? Because mm-hmm. you were talking about what are you trying to accomplish? And for you, what you were trying to accomplish was getting as many people this information as possible, which is a different Absolutely. goal than I'm trying to pay my bills with this. Right. And ironically enough, when I raised it back to four ninety nine, it sells better because people then assign a higher value to it. And it that did not surprise me at all, but it was an interesting experiment to go and do that. The same time, the beginning of the pandemic with some friends, we started the Continual Network, where we do a lot of online programming, online panels. And two and a quarter years, we've done 600 shows. And a lot of that is also geared around business programming, business for authors, business for creatives. I do a lot of these workshops at conventions and teach a lot of workshops about this because I have a firm belief that people have a right and an ability to make a living from the creative work they produce. And if nothing else showed the value of creative output, it was this pandemic. Because how many people started out by running, you know, I'm turning on Netflix. I mean, we've seen the explosion of streaming. And now that things are returning, I loathe to use the term back to normal. But now that we're finding the net kind of the next place where we're going back. We're going outside. We're going back to conventions. We're doing things. We're seeing streaming start to implode a little bit. Well, it was that creative output of people creating new streaming efforts, people coming out and putting out. We we saw TikTok explode and people start to make a living by minute long videos. Mm -hmm. This is all creativity and the people that learn to capitalize on it 
are ones that are making a living at it and doing pretty well with it. And I think that we also saw people recognize then the value of creativity that has quality. Let's look at, so say my goal is to pay my bills or, you know, to make a a reasonable amount of money from this, but I'm starting out with a very small budget, right? Which, because I think a lot of authors do, where would you allocate that budget? Like where's your first spend in order to get the best return? Write more, write faster and have the tools that let you do that. Okay. Because you want to be putting as much work out there as possible you know, when you start talking about advertising and ads and marketing, you need to do that. But if you're just starting out and you don't have a budget, you can, you can have a freebie placeholder website Buy your domain. So buy your name. That's the first thing I absolutely say is buy your name as a domain or whatever you're going to anchor off of. And you can use that to point to your Amazon webpage. You can use that to point to your Facebook, you have it point to a landing page. You have a go point to a link tree. Don't care, but own your name because if you develop a name, somebody's going to buy it out from under you. And as soon as you're able, and this costs you five bucks a month, use that domain name to create your own email with Jim at jamespnettles.com. Go straight there. Having that sets a level of professionalism. So if you start doing business, you're talking to agents, you're talking to publishers, things like that, it looks and feels more professional and it puts you in the right mindset with working with the stuff. Having a domain is going to cost you 10, 15 bucks a year. So for 75 bucks a year, and I know for some people that that is not a, an insubstantial amount to start with, but that 75 bucks a year sets you in place with tools because you can do that with Google, you know, with all the different Google tools, get you some data storage so that it's cloud storage so you don't lose things. That 75 bucks a year gives you a lot of tools and a lot of credibility and a lot of security that you don't lose things very easily and very quickly. Get three or four books out there, start working on that, and then go do media. I would rather see somebody pay for good editing if, if they're going the indie route. Pay for good editing and pay for good covers. If you're just starting out and you want to work with publishers, work with some developmental editors that help teach you where your gaps are. I'd rather you spend the money on putting good work out there to get the first five or six books done. Then you got a back catalog. So when you go start spending money for advertising, you have enough there to be able to generate a positive revenue. That's really where I'd start. But don't expect your first book to be making a living for you. Yeah. So where in media would you put money, do you think? I mean, does it depend on the, the genre or who you're writing for? Here's the things where I would put money first. You can spend a couple of hundred dollars, assuming you've got a laptop. You can spend a couple hundred bucks, get a good microphone, a good camera, and you can do a lot of media just like we're sitting here doing right now. Facebook ads are getting more and more expensive and are less and less productive. Uh, if you know, if we look at a lot of, of social media advertising and social media marketing, it's getting more and more expensive and it's not going to get any cheaper. And if depending on what genre you're in, for example, if you're writing romance, 
you're really hampered in a lot of ways on where and how much you can advertise and with what. I mean, a lot of the time your book covers won't even be accepted. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, for example, you can show, I'll, I'll say the rant, you can show X of a book cover, but you can't show Y. So, for example, if you have the male standing on the cover, you can show one nipple, but not two. And you, you get into all these fun things. <laughs> there are some very weird rules. There's a ton oh my of really goodness. weird <laughs> And it's funny because the old romance novels, you know, like the ones I think of as like somebody's grandmother's reading them, mm-hmm. none of them fit. Like you couldn't advertise any of them today. It's really interesting. Well, that's what came to mind. And I'm like, what rules could there possibly be? <laughs> so many. Facebook. Look at Facebook as Disneyland oh. with weed. Um, but no. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to use that. Facebook is Disneyland with weed. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the users, not the okay. But it, it's things like that you have to become aware of. But mm-hmm. I do believe when you're starting out earlier, the more you can produce, the more mistakes you can make early, and the more you can invest in your education and building your skills. That's where you need to be spending the time and money. And I know a lot of people want to jump out the gate to it's published. Let the dollars roll in and they hear crickets and they become crushed. I'd rather mm-hmm. just see people go get the work out the door, get the work out the door, get the work out the door. Because if you're doing quality work, the readers will find you. The money will follow. And as you get a small amount of money in sales coming in, you reinvest that money into the marketing. You reinvest it in the business. It's just like any other business for the first two, three years, you're not pulling any money out. Every dime you make Mm. is being reinvested back in the business. I think that's huge. That's a thing that a lot of new authors don't realize that even if you do make money, that's not money to go buy ice cream. I mean, maybe one ice cream, but that's (laughs) money that you have to put back in if you want to keep growing that investment. Exactly. And I mean, this this is one of those things that becomes painful for people is you have to separate the idea of it's a job where I get a paycheck and I know I'm going to get this. You own a business. You're responsible for the decisions, the success, the failure, and you have to invest time and resources to make it work. And you have to be patient and you have to be persistent and you have to keep hammering on it and doing the job. And the truth of it is you'll always keep getting better And the one thing I I saw this on a shirt not long ago as a slogan, and I thought it summarized it perfectly. I never lose. I either win or I learn. And that's that's the sort of thing that I like to teach because there's never a failure. There's never a loss. Something may not have done what you expected it to do. But if you, as long as you learn or get useful information from what didn't work the way you wanted it to, it was still valuable as an exercise. And these are the sorts of things from a creative aspect that can be really challenging for people. And is that idea that, well, I wanted two and two to be four, two and two was two and a half. What do I do with two and a half? And it's these kinds of ideas, these kinds of challenges that you have to look at and face and understand, but it's part of business. It's part of the game. 
part of the way things work. But as long as you're persistent and always getting better and always adding more, one day it will catch. And it always surprises people. And often the biggest problem is not when they don't succeed the way they thought they would. It's when they succeed much more than they ever thought was possible because you're not prepared for it. Well, I mean, think about this. Let's say that your expectation was, I want to make 50,000 a year as a writer. The median average for a fiction writer a few years ago was like 38.5 or something like that. Uh, median for a writer itself was about 65. And then what happens if all of a sudden your book hits and you make 200,000? Taxes. Taxes. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're looking at money that you could not perceive. You're going to blow that in ways because you're not prepared to do the right things with the money that would then see to it that that becomes a consistent behavior and continued success and continued growth. And I have seen this happen way too many times. And often what people do is they become afraid of that success because they see a little bit of success. They don't know what to do with it. And they slow down hmm. and that kills the momentum and it kills the next step. And again, these, the reason we do plans is not because we expect them to work that way. We do plans because we make sure we've thought about what are the things that are most likely to happen and what are the things that we want to have happen. And with those kinds of things, this is the reason we do business planning. It's also why we don't do plans. <laughs> or your other choice is take and throw the spaghetti against the wall and then, you know, bring in the household witch, let them prognosticate based on the spaghetti crawling down the wall and say, yes, this is what you need to do. That's kind of Facebook marketing <laughs> these days. <laughs> so on that amusing image, <laughs> in the event that people want to learn more about this, which I think that they will, uh, where can they find you online? Well, the easiest place to find me is jamespnettles.com. I also have a workshops and education company called Author Essentials. You can find that at authoressentials.net, authoressentialsworkshops.com. We'll be back up shortly. We're in the process of doing that move. I am also the business track dean for the Speculative Fiction Academy, uh, and a lot of my workshops can be found over there in an edited version. And then if you're also interested in some of the other stuff we do, you can find us at thecontinualconvention.com. Um, and I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Occasionally I show up on the, on the hive of scum and villainy. That's Twitter. Um, <laughs> I think I've got a TikTok and a few other things out there too, but so yeah, I'm always kind of running around. Great. Awesome. Well, we shall seek you out. Uh, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on. Yes. Oh, thank, thank you so, you so much. much. Now I guess I have to write a plan. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, that workshop will be available hopefully before Dragon Con. I recorded it a couple of weeks ago. We did, I did a live workshop class on developing the business plan. And we're in the process of doing the video edits for that now. So that is the next workshop class that will be available. So that's currently awesome. in editing. So hopefully by the time this goes live, we will have that. And then maybe you can also sign up for the intellectual pro property workshop, guys. Absolutely. And I do teach a lot of workshops, both live at conventions and we do virtual workshops periodically. So, Awesome. Thank you. I'm looking forward to learning a lot of things.